the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We all need encouragement. Sometimes, though, we're a little lax in giving it. We will encourage you (laughs) to be quick to encourage next. Join us. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, who will take us to the book of Hebrews today, chapter 3, verses 7 through 14, but we will focus specifically here on verses 13 and 14. We are to encourage one another, and we all enjoy the encouragement when it comes our way, but how quick are we to encourage, and why is it urgent? Well, that's what we'll discuss today. Join us. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's program. Turn with me to Hebrews 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And the rebellion is Exodus 17, where they complained that there was no water. They wanted to stone Moses. When you don't know what to do, kill the leader. You know. One other time, they didn't know what to do. They said, let's kill Moses and go back to Egypt. You don't need a leader to take you back. You need a leader to take you forward. And would would you like a definition of a leader? Now, this is brilliant. Don't forget this. Here's the definition. It's someone who leads. These are profound. I've been storing them up. If you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. It's in the rebellion. And then in Numbers, the ten spies said, we can't go into the land. So another rebellion. And where your fathers put me to the test ten times and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And so, at least a million, at least a million marched to death over 40 years. Because they said, we can't go into the promised land. And God had promised it to Abraham. God's word was at stake. But the majority report says we can't. And that's where Paul, to have courage, to be a Caleb, uh, and to be a Joshua. If God said we can, we can. The majority report is not always right. God plus one person who will trust him makes a majority. Take God, if you're following the voices of men, you'll always be a slave to public opinion. And I want to tell you, 
to stand for Christ in the Bay Area, you can't be listening to the public or you won't say anything from this book. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I say encouragement is urgent. Uh, this past, what we've lived through has been hard on everybody. Uh, the loneliness of those, imagine being a single person shut up in your house for a year. Uh, what would you do? Uh, I've watched more TV in the last year than in my whole life. And if you want to stay depressed, stay tuned in. Stay tuned in. No good news. There's no good news on any of the networks. There's no good news. And they say, I feel down. Well, what'd you do? Well, I listened to the news for four hours. Well, sure, you caught it. You're good. You ought to be down. Yeah. But we've been shut in, TV, whatever. Um, David Thoreau, he wrote, this is a classic line. He wrote this years ago. Thoreau wrote in the 1800s. But this line is often quoted. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. You see them. You see the stress. Uh, they've got good jobs, maybe. Bad marriage. Good kids. Bad kids. Uh, all, all of that. And the stress leads to distress. And distress puts them in a state of uh, depression. And many times that depression is permanent discouragement. And so that even prophets of God have been so discouraged, they prayed to die. Moses in Numbers 11 said, God, kill me. I can't take another people problem. All the people were griping, murmuring, complaining. By the way, God killed as many Jewish complainers as he did the immoral. He not only killed the fornicators in the wilderness, he killed the murmurers. Watch out. You can get killed either way. Uh, and then you come along with Elijah in 1 Kings 19. He's running from Jezebel. He's just had a great victory, killed all the prophets of Baal. Great victory. Ran like a deer to this new place. Rested, came to the juniper tree. Said, God, kill me. I don't want to live anymore. Well, Elijah, let me give you a tip. Stop running. Jezebel would be glad to kill you. You're running from Jezebel. She'd be glad to answer your prayer. Then you get Jonah after the greatest revival in history where maybe a million people put their faith in God from one reluctant prejudicial prophet and God saved the whole city of Nineveh. 
And he goes out under a tree, and because the shade is evaporating, he says, God, kill me. If you're going to give a revival, I don't want. And if you're going to take my shade, just kill me. That's pretty bad. He was a real prophet. Elijah was a real prophet. Moses was a real prophet. And they all asked God to kill them. Desperate, desperate times. Uh, and then, as we're going to see our need for encouragement, you've got the old song that could depress you, but it's profound. When the songwriter wrote, prone to wonder, prone to leave the God I love. Have you ever been that person? Selling God out in a moment. Selling God out under the pressure, under the depression, under the stress. I will never forsake you. And yes, you will, Peter, but I'm praying for you. But you will do it so quick, you won't know what happened. I told you to watch and pray, and you're too sleepy to do that. You will deny me quicker than you can even say it. Of late, I've not heard of this. I've heard more bad reports of moral failure, of preacher friends and Christian friends who say, what's happening? What's happening? Prone to wonder, Lord, how I feel it. You could sell God out in a minute. We're known for doing it. You can have paradise in your grip and trade paradise for a piece of fruit and start burying your loved ones. Every funeral says, we did it our way. And our way has killed the race. I think of the idea of encouragement. Let me read to you what a dictionary says it means. It says, to inspire with hope, courage, or confidence. Do you know anyone that does that for you? Well, let me ask you this. Do you know that you've ever done that for anyone? If they talk to you, will they be inspired with hope, with courage, with confidence? It means to give support to, to foster. It means to stimulate, to spur on. I've sort of been wondering what the coaches say at halftime when the Grizzlies are losing. Can you imagine halftime? Men were down by 10 points. It looks like it's over. Take courage. Win with grace. And lose with more grace. Because don't work that hard. You did your best, and we looked lousy. But stay in there. Stay in there. Or, or what about a little short, fat man with a cigar in his mouth and a growling voice getting in a bunker in London and say, we shall never, we shall never, we shall never surrender. We will fight you, Hitler, on the beaches. We will fight you on the sea. We will fight you in the air. But England will never give in to a despot like Hitler. I want to tell you that little bulldog talking, just using words, not a gun, not a fist, 
It struck courage in the English people while the city was being bombed and bombed and bombed. You've got to have somebody that thinks God can help you whenever things caving in, and he was such a man in history. Now, people in, in church, someone said that often you could sing about most churches where seldom is heard an encouraging word. Home, home on the range. And the range happens to be Valley Bible, maybe. Could you be encouraged by attending this church? We've got some, the rest of you, so I want to pray about it. Uh, listen to what Proverbs says. You can do for another person just with your mouth. Listen to this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21. Death, that's pretty strong. Now, of course, if you're a despot, you say kill him. But it's saying your effect on people, you can kill their morale, you can kill their courage, uh, you can kill the, uh, you know, you're, you're in the losing phase. You need someone to inspire you, to, to coach you, to do it, you can do it, you can do it. David went to work for iron workers, and one of the first days he got out on the job, he tells me they have this huge task in front of them, and David in front of all the guys, he's the new guy on the block, he says in front of the foreman, we can't do that. The foreman brings him and takes him aside, and he said, young man, I know you're young, I know you're inexperienced, but let me tell you something. We don't pay men to say can't. And if you can't learn a different vocabulary, why don't you go draw your check? It's been good to know you. I can do all things. I, you don't know that. It's too many verses. I can do all things through Christ who discourages me. He what? He strengthens me. Well, let's look at the need for encouragement. Uh, and I hope some of you listening, not here today, you might be in your pajamas and you may have gotten used to staying home. We miss you. We wish you'd come back. You can't encourage me by drinking coffee at home. I need you here because you may encourage me. I think you can encourage me. Oh, you know what? Before I look at these needs, I'm breaking in here. You'll put it, you know, it's only been a year, so I have to learn all over. Uh, listen to this. Good words can make an anxious heart glad. Proverbs 12, 25. Good words. Not, not a good prescription. We've run to medicine we don't run to the Word. When I grew up, we had altars in the tradition I grew up with, and we had long prayer meetings often after church, and we would say, pray through, uh, cast your cares. And I re recollect when I was dating Carolyn, uh, her own home was in danger. They were uh, working their way towards a divorce, and she was brokenhearted over it. So many a night, on a Sunday night especially, I would wait around until her broken heart, she'd have to pray long enough that she had peace so she could go home because she'd broken over her mom and dad. 
And she stayed in the altar. We'd say, stay in the altar till you have peace. And you that never grew up in that tradition, too bad. You missed out. Marvelous tradition. Because we didn't have money for medicine or for doctors. We had a God that said he'd help us when our heart was breaking. Has anyone ever prayed until you prayed through and God gave you peace in the midst of the storm? Anyone? Raise your hand if they did. If you didn't, try prayer sometime. Try prayer. He says, a good word can lift anxiety from the heart. Now, are you equipped with a good word? Are you the critic of the church? You know what's wrong with us. You know what we ought to do. You're not worth spit when we're really fighting for courage. God told Israel, if the soldier doesn't believe you can win the war, send him back. We don't want anyone to discourage the troops. Says it in Deuteronomy. Don't need discouraging voices. The devil's already against us. We don't need you helping him out. We got to stand together, and we stand together or we fall together. Well, uh, he said something like this, a, smooth, a soothing tongue is like a tree of life. Wow. Pleasant words are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Don't you love it? Now, let me tell you the need, the need for encouragement. First thing that he describes is you're prone to have a hard heart. He said, right, look at here, verse 8, do not harden your hearts. Uh, he said, they keep going astray down in 10 in their hearts. He goes on down in the passage. They've hardened their hearts. They've hardened their hearts. What is a hard heart? Some way it becomes resistant, and of course, clay, once it loses moisture and loses the potter's hands, I just talked to a potter after the first service, said, oh, when it hardens, we can do something with it. And I said, tell me, what do you do? He said, we grind it up. We break it up. We put water on it. And we hammer it, we hammer it, we hammer it into powder so we can get it back again. Do you need to be hammered? Do you need God to break you? He knows how. Your stubbornness is not greater than his sovereignty. He knows how to make you willing. He knows how. And we get a hard heart. That's what's the danger of growing up in church. You got used to hearing the Bible and singing, and you just, it's a routine because you lost a tender heart towards the shepherd and towards the potter. I heard of this when W.A. Criswell, the pastor of First Baptist in Dallas, he's celebrating his 25th anniversary and huge church, about 20,000 people, own blocks in Dallas, huge ministry. And, uh, for the 25th anniversary, they had a big event coming together. And at that event, a young lawyer, uh, not so young at this event, but a lawyer came up to Dr. Criswell, and he said, Dr. Criswell, congratulations. He said, you know what? I started attending First Baptist 
when you became the pastor? He said, is that right? Uh, tell me about it. He said, well, I went ahead and got my law degree. I, I've been practicing law, whatever. And he said, you know what? In those early days, uh, they called him Wally Criswell. He said, you used to reach me. You used to make me sense God and conviction, and I could sense God wooing me and wooing me. And he said, you know what? You've become a much better preacher, but you don't reach me anymore. He said, I could set through anything you preach and don't feel conviction. I don't feel the wooing. I don't hear the voice of God. I just said, hey, he did a good job in oratory and rhetoric, but I don't hear any other voice but yours. He had hardened his heart. Sermons no longer reach. The hymns no longer melt the heart. Don't harden your heart. That's why we need encouragement. We tend to get hard. He goes on to say, they're always straying. Read through the passage. You're always going to stray, verse 10. Why are you always going to Temptation, always going toward it, always falling, just... We're always trying to prop you up and, and keep you straight. You said, you've got to be around encouragers because I'm tending to stray in a moment. I can do what may destroy my marriage, might destroy my testimony. In a moment, I can do the wrong thing because my heart still has, there's a residue of sin in me that sin still looks good. It still looks good. That's why I could be tempted. It's still in there. Still in there. Then he said something else. He said, uh, you're falling away. And, and here you've got in this audience, you've got true believers that are reading this epistle that he calls it an exhortation epistle. He says, you bear with my exhortation. And so he's got believers that, that are feeling the Jewish pressure Go back. Go back to Judaism. Uh, you're becoming a Gentile. If you buy the Messiah, if you give up kosher eating, if you go back, if you know, you must go back to your Jewishness, your ancestors, because we're going to set a plate at the next Passover and treat you as a dead son if you don't return. We're going to put you out of the will. We're going to put you out of the family. You can't become a Christian and remain in Judaism. And they're vacillating. They're counting the costs back and forth, back and forth. And uh, they could be so deceived, falling away. And make up your mind. Make, and these other believers are, other Jewish believers, oh, we had to do it. We, we get tempted. We want to go back. We want to be with all the family. It, not easy. Not easy. It probably costs you nothing to become a Christian except you gave up some terrible habits. But, but you didn't lose your family probably. It would cost them their family. Finally, he said, you're being deceived by sin. You see, sin's temptation always shows you the bait and hides the hook. It always shows the bait, but the poor little fish doesn't know it's going to cost him his life if he takes the bait. 
And sin is that way. Come on, come and get it. You'll like it. It tastes good. It, it's good. No idea. You won't die. You, it won't hurt. First John 1 10 says, if you say that you can sin without any lasting effects from it, you are deceived because it's a perfect tense. If you think you can sin and there will be no remaining effects, you're deceived, you're deceived, you're deceived. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.